Ho, 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 and welcome to Haywood's take on Ho, Ho, Ho. <laughs> this is Santa speaking. I've got Gingerbread Man and our elf here today, a.k.a. Sean and Jake. Am I the elf? Yeah. Sean's like 5'4". Wait, no, that's Gingerbread Men are significantly smaller than elves, I will say. I'm 5'10". Sean's 5'10", and I'm 5'10". Ten and a half. <laughs> um, it's it's gonna be a great episode today. We have two Christmas classics along with a mailbag opener. For those of you who don't know what a mailbag is, it's Emphasis a bag of mail. On mail, because there's three dudes. Hey, what else is new? Um, we're gonna be answering your questions that you sent us on Instagram, and uh, we'll try to get as many as we can. So we'll try to not be too in depth, but you know we can we can elaborate a little. Um, I guess you know what? let's start out with one I wasn't even planning on answering because we already mentioned our heights. My friend Alan <laughs> Jacobson said, "If you could choose to be any height, what would it be?" Just right off the bat, any height. I'm five ten and a half. I often say five eleven, um, and on a lot of audition forms, I say six feet. So I would like a uh, clean six. I'd like to be honest. Hmm. I think being short is one of those things that's set off a trajectory. Anyway, I think I'm funnier because I'm short. Compensating. I'm compensating for my height <laughs> with my amazing personality. <laughs> Five six is but, my choice. But what if you that's keep right. you get to keep your personality? No. No, it'd be like it's a wonderful life. You change one thing. It would be weird to see you not five six. Or yeah, it'd be yeah. weird. It change how I see you, even if you acted the same. There's no one I'd rather be than me, Dallin Jacobson, who who by the way is like very tall. He's like six. I'm sorry, six six. How tall Yeesh. are you, Dallin? I don't know. Pretty tall. To to Trevor, everyone's tall. <laughs> my my choice is more drastic than yours because. Basketball. I'm a. I, I play sports. I'd like to be like. I mean, if you could just give me anything, yeah, give me like six two. Yeah, because that because it gets to a point where once sports are over, it's like okay, now this is just this you're is large. Just, you're you're get yeah. Doors. Yeah, it's like you walk in and it's like it's not like hey, who's this cool guy? It's like hey, who's this tall guy? You know what I'm saying? And then it's your whole personality, right? Because usually like, when you walk in, people say, "Hey, who's this cool guy?" Yeah, jet, cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cool is the defining thing. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about movies. So <laughs> um, Cameron Oldham, he is an ambassador with me. He said, what two movie characters would be your personal shoulder angel and shoulder devil if you could choose? I think I would go both Kronk. Ooh, nice. Because he already is an angel, angel shoulder devil. He did perfectly in the movie Emperor's New Groove. He's like, besides, look what I can do. And he does push-ups, and the angel's like, no, no, he has a point. He has a point. I think they're already spot on, so I'm just picking both of them, even though it may so be not a lame answer. your version of that. Not the Trevor's, but like well, it just Kronk, says, Kronk himself. Know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kronk's shoulder Just both Kronk. Angel. Yeah, I, I think that's That's who I'd choose. Um, Dost thou wish to live deliciously? <laughs> I just want that ASMR whenever I want to do something naughty. So I'm gonna say uh, oh Black Philip as my devil. <laughs> so literally Satan, from and nice. from the wit, the witch, and great choice. Um, listen, I wanted to put a movie, a TV character, so bad as Uncle Iroh for my angel. He's not a movie character in any movie that I care about. So yeah. <laughs> I have to maybe maybe someday soon. Uh, I'm gonna say Samwise Gamgee. Mm. You know, like what's important in life. Great choice. Help me. Good friend. My uh, angel is Benoit Blanc. Yeah. I feel like he's a smart person that could be very helpful. And then my devil is Wallace Wells, a.k.a. Kieran Culkin from from uh, Scott, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. But I feel like he'd be a good devil, too. <laughs> That's anyway. a really good one. All right, we've got a few of them about soundtrack or score, so I'll kind of lump them 
together, you know, so McKenna Jensen asked best soundtrack movie, not singing, but score. And then my friend Ethan Borup said, if you had to pick a movie soundtrack for your life's documentary, which would it be? Um, so, yeah, music. Let's answer both of those. We said music and Sean handed me the mic. It was beautiful. I would have to say that my favorite um, two scores, <laughs> sorry, are E.T. and Schindler's List. I'm going to give just John Williams a big pat on the back and say you're the best. Um, but then the ones I think I'd want for my life, um, I love the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, especially like the Shire theme. It's like I'll turn on just a loop of that and just it, like exist in my cozy world sometimes whenever I need a little moment. Um, off the top of my head, the new Godzilla minus one soundtrack is Rips. insane. <laughs> um. So I'm imagining my life with that soundtrack. It would be insanely wild because crazy would have to happen to warrant that soundtrack. Like you being taller than 5'6". <laughs> okay, all right. This is exactly what Dallin wanted by asking that question, by the way. Um, I think I'd probably also go Lord of the Rings, though, for best soundtrack, in my opinion. Maybe Pirates would be a close one up there. I think... Um, Ultimately, yeah, LOTR has got my my pick. I went and with score. score. I went with my score is good, the bad, and the ugly. That one's a classic yeah. as well, and and there's a couple bangers in there. Um, and my soundtrack to my life, there's not a there's not a ton there, but but the ones that hit hit hard, and it's the it's a goofy movie. And yeah, uh, it's a little, little, little maybe a little more you know youthful and jovial than right. maybe my life actually is, but uh. I like it. Stand out. Yeah. I tell you. Come on. Nobody else but you. You know. So I go down the line. Yeah. All right. Aaron J. Theater said, what's the best musical movie? I know we didn't prepare that one, but we're doing this pretty quick. Best musical movie. I'm going to assume that means a movie based on like a Broadway show. Because not like a Disney or whatever. Let's go like. A Broadway show turned musical, maybe. In which case, I would have to say, or like, I don't know, Greatest Showman, something like that's very much a live action musical. Yeah. What do you have to say? Um, Hamilton doesn't count because they just filmed the It's a pro shot they, of the stage. Yeah. Um, or else it'd be that. I'm going to say. Let me just say a few that might The producers come comes to mind. I yeah. think it's so funny, and the movie is perfect, and I might just say the producers, even though, like, yeah, there's maybe some, that you know, West Side Story, mm-hmm. but, like, the producers will be my pick just because it's fun and And awesome. very, like, right for you. Yeah. Some of the, some of the um, honorable mentions really quick for me. Well, Sean, you say yours first if you have one. The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Music. Great. That was on my list, my short list. That's mine. For the sure. sound of music is incredible. Well, that's like my that's the right answer. Like uh, or yeah. singing in the rain could also be the right but, answer. Um, I just said the producers because you know. Anyway, I think sound of music is correct though. I think the sound of music is correct. I think singing in the rain is on my short list. Hairspray is one of the best uh, film adaptations of a Broadway musical. If we're talking big movie musical, La La Land, Star yeah. is Born. But my favorite is the Steven Spielberg West Side Story. There, I said it. Everyone should go see it. No one saw it in theaters. <laughs> and then it won nothing. It's very good. It's so good. All right. Well, here's a question. What's a movie that you are better off having never seen? My friend Jace asks. Cats. Yeah. Cats is one of those. I was just going to say Cats. But Cats is one of those like you're like, oh, it'll actually be so bad that it's good. And yeah. then you watch it and you're like, no, it's bad and boring and not funny because it's so bad. It's just bad. It's bad all Kind of creepy, but not in like it's a It's not even fun, fun to watch bad. It's not. It's ap- It's not, not Dougal. Like, it's not, it's not, nothing I would much Dougal. prefer Dougal. I'm like, unironically. Get the diamond. No. Um, my choice would be The Last Airbender, the live action Shyamalan horrible 
just blasphemy that is the live action Avatar film because it's the greatest thing ever turned into a horrible monstrosity and I I would be better off having never seen it. I agree. I went with Batman versus Superman. Mm. I think it's the pinnacle of the failure of DC. Yeah. It's it's in the title, folks. Let's just have it be that movie. But it's like two-thirds of it is kind of that. Then they say Martha, and we're all good. Martha! And then we fight a big bad. And yeah. And Wonder Woman shows up, and it's just... It's just, it's well, just this yeah, terrible, I mean, it's just this terrible, terrible, like. Let him make up in the next film. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or yeah, have like it be the. Captain America yeah. Civil War, have it end exactly. with Exactly. That's a perfect, other. like, that's the perfect example. Yeah. It's like Marvel did it correctly. And yeah. here's the thing. I am a Marvel guy in general, but I'm more than happy to like. No, have, we're, we're cheering we're for Batman like, and Superman. Yes, but and I think this specific movie was the one that's like. You guys are off your rock. It's I wonder, worse for me than like the Justice League and even like which is also so bad. Yeah, I thought Jesse Eisenberg was fine. I agree. It has I think potential. he was. I like Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill. Looks I like Ben and, Affleck. Yeah, it's not even it's the, not the, the actors. No, Kill the actors. It is a terrible with one. Yeah. Anyway, so those ones I'm just, I'm better off with pretty much all of DC, but especially Batman versus Superman. How do you feel about Dawn the James James Gunn DC verse coming hope, up? I'm hoping it seems like a very much a love project and like a, like he seems very uh, transparent and very excited. I think like know, he gets the vibe and also has a vision. He understands the mantle that's on his shoulders, so I'm excited to see what happens with that. Same. All right. So there's two kind of questions that are opposites of each other. So Casey Bond. As your least favorite movies <laughs> that are generally well liked, and then um, Ian the Martin said favorite movie that is rated high but is overall low, so the opposite of that. So your favorite mm. movie that everyone loves and your least favorite movie, no wait, your favorite movie that everyone hates and your least favorite movie that everyone loves. Okay. Yeah. So let's start with the first one. What's a movie that you do not like that most people do? I'll. I'll go. Um, and it's not that I do not like it. It's that I just do not see the value at all that everyone else sees in it. And that is especially true with Jake. No offense. It's okay. And it's, I don't even remember the name. After Sun? After Sun. I knew it. <laughs> After Sun was... It was like on all the critic lists. On every so, like, list. Trevor's like, everyone like? loved it. People saying they're crying, thinking about their life. I saw I it. watched that and I said, okay. Mm. That was me with Past Lives this year, too. Past Lives this year is the aftersun of last year. Oh, really? It was fine, but, but it was that like, has, it's the number one freaking yeah, movie. Yeah, no, of the I year. agree. It's like, not as good as it said, but it's at least a four for me. I haven't seen it yet, and it's one of my I'm most not, anticipated. I might even bump. After sundown at two and a half because oh. of how because <laughs> no. it insists upon itself being so great and it's just it doesn't though it's a nothing Maybe burger the word is nothing burger. oh that is that's tough for me but I support you in in your truth Trevor I would say there's a movie um, that I don't like and everyone in the world loves it uh, it's mainstream and it is in our culture. And um, I knew about this movie before seeing it my whole life. And I knew a lot of the quotes. And then I watched it. And I was like, this is kind of boring and long and just set pieces. And that is Indiana Jones. I'm so sorry. I agree with Indiana you. Jones. Make it better. What Indiana Jones family? I quite like it. Especially the third one. I've only seen the, the first one. Are, the other ones, I think, are a little better. Other than I watched Crystal Skull this week for the first time. Mm. It was also not good. But here's the thing. My hot take is like. It's just as not bad or yeah. just as not good as you could like all of them. And here's the thing with such good IP. Like, I don't know how it's not good because it's like, I know the most interesting. And again, I think we're wrong on this. In, yeah. On in this the... one, I will apologize on behalf of the family. Yeah. I think Indiana Jones is very good. Yeah. Well, and in the same vein, my least favorite well-liked is I, I, I have that as one of them is Indiana Jones, but also Blade Runner didn't do it for me either. The first one, 2049 goes is hard. insane, goes hard. It's beautiful. Great soundtrack. Everything's cool. But I the first agree one with just you. didn't have that same gravitas to me. It was just like, okay, this just kind of feels yeah, I wasn't dated. Feeling it. And maybe if we would have seen it in real time, it's like, 
but it just kind of felt like, oh yeah, this is a movie made in the eighties that kind of feels, but again, I, these are, these are kind of our, oh yeah, we're wrong about these choices. So everyone likes Blade Runner and I do not. Yeah, I agree. Harrison Ford's meh. (laughs) Sean notoriously hates the eighties too for movies. Same. Um, Okay. For the most part. Shadow Savant 11. It's his name's Clay. Clay. He asked, which My is a tough question from a long time. He asked a toughie, what is the best produced movie in the last 20 years? I think there's an answer. And I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I'm just going to throw out Parasite. I was going to say Parasite. My initial thought was Parasite. But um, but to be like let's anything throw in more some honorable basic, mentions. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a couple honorable mentions. Um, I do too. There uh, will be blood. La La Land. No Country for Old Men. Killers of the Flower Moon. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mad Max Fury Road. Schindler's List. Nope. Schindler's that was List in the was 90s. definitely thirty. <laughs> yeah, that's Jake over just turned 20. twenty-eight. He doesn't know what he's doing. With his... <laughs> Yesterday was my twenty-eighth birthday. Happy birthday! Thank you. Thank um. So that's kind Did of we a say short Spider-verse? list. Uh, yeah, both Spider verses. Um, I also wrote Get Out. I would argue Jojo Rabbit, even though maybe maybe others wouldn't. You're allowed to. I don't know if you um, I would, but, but so yeah, can. there you go. But we I all agree, Parasite is the best produced movie of the last I twenty think years. So too. Yeah, it's just it's everything. It's yeah, it's it's got it all. It's amazing. Also, sorry, really quick. Uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Yep, that was technically just yeah, barely just under, barely makes yeah, it in. So yeah, get the get the nod there. Yeah. Um. So here's here's kind of a one that could tie in with that. Um, our boy Ryan, he asked, "Are movies getting better or worse over time?" I think which we're all is a agree. very interesting question, and I quite like it. What do you guys think? One, two, three, better. Yeah, yes, I think they're getting better. I think they are the same. That was kind of my low key like take as well, like thought as well. Like I just watched Casablanca, yeah, and I was like, sheesh, yeah. the The quick witted writing of those old movies that is like so many old films like that. The writing is so good, yeah, and just like bazonkers good. And not that there aren't modern films with writing like that, but like Sorkin, I, I feel like yeah. If you look for the good Turn stuff, to it's going to be there, you know, from the beginning. I, I'd say the beginning, but probably starting with 30s, 40s, because before that, it's like not even the option almost. Even 30s, or there's like 12 kind of relevant movies. Actual films. Foreign, so it's really like 40s, 50s where it really... Like... I would say, if anything, slightly better over time, but not by as much as I may think would be my answer. I think we have more reference now. We have more reference material, including those old movies. Right. Yeah. I think we have a lot more potential for technology, which can be used for good or for evil, like in a lot of really bad, like end scene Marvel movies. Um, but I just think the, the potential is so much higher because of our capabilities. Um, that doesn't mean that they are better. I just think I like them more also because I live in a society of the 21st century. And so I think it's more relevant to me generally to watch a, a contemporary movie um, that I feel like is speaking to things that are on the mind more frequently. I also think, um, you know, we, we kind of talk about the decades you already said about, you know, my feelings about the 80s. Um you know, the 70s have some some harshness to them and stuff like that. The 90s as well, kind of grungy, obviously, with music and movies. Um, but I think that, again, kind of building off what Jake said, like we're building off of like those old things. I think we're able to, to touch on more themes. And, and um, you know, I think of like the horror genre and like how... And again, we're we're still learning. I think you know we have plenty to watch of, especially the older films, frankly. So we're you know we're maybe a little out of turn speaking here, but it, it does seem like you know we're we're able to dive into a lot of you know thing. Just as a society, we've grown and learned and, and whatever, um, and and progressed, and and so we you know our movies can reflect that. Yeah, and, and I think that you know there's sometimes you know maybe I'm a terrible Mister sometimes, like hey let's rein it back, conservative sometimes. 
but you know, and sometimes it's like, okay, I feel like we could be able to maybe talk on a theme that we've we've now banned and and so there's you know there's a little bit of that but i think in general i think that that's outweighed significantly by by some of the you know the progressive things that um that i agree that we should be you know able to talk about or whatever and and i think we get 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 a lot of those and not to mention you know we get barbie we get we get more women and and people and like um jordan peele and stuff like that that wasn't happen moonlight like those movies just weren't on the table and i think just having especially in this medium and an art medium it's like of course diversity is going to be like a helpful thing as well and i think and i think i think that's another like point in favor of movies getting better yeah and i i think movies getting better is it's like you said it's largely because of the shoulders that they're standing Mm, on certainly yeah like you can't, it's kind of unfair in a way because it's like, well, if it wasn't for Casablanca, we wouldn't have La La Land. They're literally the like way we'd have it. Right? Inventing a new medium, a, a new yeah. art form in the so, early 20th century. Like Blade Runner, the original, makes it so, like for me, makes it so 2049 can be this hard. insane thing, even though I don't yeah. know the first So yeah. ultimately, yeah, probably better, but a lot in, in part, you know, because of the the old ones too, so. Shout out to Ryan Moser. Good question. He also said sequel that was better than the original. And why is it Monsters University? So that kind of counters the good question he had. (laughs) Um, So they both kind of cross out because anyone who thinks Monsters University was better than Monsters Inc. (laughs) uh, Was hit in the head by a brick or something. I don't know. (laughs) Just kidding. He, He was saying that to rile me up. So good job. Sequel better than the original. I'm going with. Um, off the top of my head, is Shrek two better? It might be better. We have the fairy godmother singing, holding out for a hero. <laughs> I feel like it might be better. I think Shrek two is probably sl- like a slight edge, even though Shrek is so good. I'm on Team Shrek one, but that's that's beside the point. I like Shrek two. I think Dark Knight. I haven't. So this is this is the. I shouldn't even say this, but I feel like it's just kind of universally agreed upon. But because I haven't seen the first ones, but Mad Max, Fury Road, I I know the other ones are. Is that a sequel though, or is it a reboot? Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And so I'm 90% sure on that. Again, I could be talking way out of turn. No, it's a sequel. Yeah. Um, Haven't seen. Maybe, you know what? That's going on my finish out the year list so I can feel confident about it. But I'm pretty sure that sequel is going to be better than. All right. One that comes to mind for me um, is Trevor mentioned Dark Knight in passing really quick. That's definitely true. Uh, continuing the superhero theme, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's the best. Miles ahead of Thor yeah. 1 and 2. Yeah. Okay. If you could gender bend any movie, what would it be and who would you cast? That's such a good question. Very good question. Holy cow. A few things come to mind. One of them was The Lord of the Rings. Just and all women. Because have you seen the compilation of women talking about things? To women, and it's one thing. And it's one thing. It's, where is the... <laughs> whatever. Like, Mom, where are, where's dad or something? <laughs> and the end. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. And all women, Lord of the Rings. Would it be horribly blasphemous, and would I never see it? Probably. Oh, it'd be like watching you don't Ocean's touch... 8. Or yeah. Like... Yeah, see. But, but I, I want Ghostbusters believe... with... Uh... But I want to believe we can... Like we can do it correctly. We can do it just with the right thing, though. Don't must Amy Schumer. I think with the right movie is Kill Bill. Like it's like no, we can do this. I agree, but we can do it. Let's let's not mess with like precious things. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) to do it. Okay, so I'm gonna steer away from like icons like Lord of the Rings because to me, if they did that, everyone, including all women, would be like, what are we doing? But some but, version But I that. agree, Jake, it could be fun. A imagine, fantasy. Imagine. A fantasy film epic. with a mostly women cast. That'd be amazing. Okay. All and right. it's like about triumph and all the same things. About yeah. triumph. Now, I feel like Give me a give me a a woman a woman give me a woman film and let's gender bend it to men for once. I, I, we need more men, more white men in movies. Mean girls. No, I was gonna oh, I was gonna say gay, mean, mean gay. I was gonna say good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm, so like, cause that that's there's nothing better than like a hardcore cowgirl. That'd be dope. That'd that would be, be sick. Cool. 
and like and yeah everyone would just not and take like her the mexican woman and like yeah. the yeah because i would just do those three the main trio you know yeah um Ooh, the really good like the bad that. and the ugly but with women good woman western dude Shout um, out. great choice and so as far as who to cast i don't know off the top of my head i should have thought Name more about it but i mean they're out there right so that'd be mine is good bad and the ugly i also thought of taylor swift the arrows tour and with barbie men. Just kidding. What's like what? <laughs> like Taylor Lautner, the Eras tour. Like what do you do want? Backflips. I I love him. He's great, but he's Loka. very cringe. He's very cringe. He just loves doing backflips. He's like a fedora kid. All right. Can I can I say mine? I guess fine. <laughs> Mine's also. I don't even know how it's gonna work. We're gonna find a way, and I don't want it to be played like yeah, like the Ocean's Eight. But I'm talking. I'm talking Goodfellas. What if there was, what if like there was like a taken seriously like mob of women? And again, you can still bring into the fact that like, especially for a period piece, um, like all of these, you can like take into the fact that there's going to be like blatant, crazy massages. You can build yeah. that into the story of just yeah. like no one's taking them seriously or whatever or thinks they can do it, but it's like they just like are this sick like mafia group in a large city in the United States or whatever. That'd I think sick. that'd be sweet. Like, Either choice would be really cool, either to address it or to just like have a fantasy world where it's like that's not even a thing that exists. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just like would be be good, but either way, just have them be a bunch of boss bitches. You know. All right. This these are a couple quick ones. Some of your favorite podcasts. List them off. I would go with Rewatchables. Certainly, Sean showed me that one. I would also go with the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast because it's awesome and I love the show. Sean also got me started on one, so sorry for stealing yours, but I only listened to like one podcast, and that is The Big Picture, which is also a Ringer podcast. Uh, they talk about movies and the Oscars, and and they do uh, that and the rewatchables, and they're the source of a lot of my like knowledge of film. So shout out to Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins. And Haywood's take on Hollywood isn't bad either. Right. Yeah. So you guys stole the two that I both I introduced to both of you. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, those are great. Sean, what do you think? No, don't say the same ones as us. Come up with something new. Yeah, just say a different one. Well, the, the, I mean, those are the those are the movie ones I do. I have like a million sports ones, but I don't think anybody really cares. Name about your those. favorite two. I like the MMA Fighting Podcast Network for all my UFC needs. And right now, we sh- uh, the Dodgers freaking signed Shohei Otani. So I'm listening to a lot of Effectively Wild. I like Locked on Jazz when it's when the jazz aren't depressing me. I like a podcast called Putting It Together. It's a deep dive of Stephen Sondheim and uh, that goes song by song, musical by musical, and an analysis of his work. Very good. All right. That was uh, Hannah Porter Lefevre. She also asked who started, who suggested starting the pod. Well, well, me and Jake started doing it, <laughs> <laughs> and we did it for like for ourselves. But on who the phone. suggested actually starting the pod, Sean? Who did that? Who, who made the phone call? I will say we all had wanted to agreed a podcast. That's not like we. I don't know who originally thought right. that. That would be Sean. But Trevor did, in fact, get the ball rolling. And he wants to c- consider himself, what was it, CEO, CEO creator, founder, founder, creator. We took an official vote in our Telegram chat, an official vote. You don't vote who founded something. As a CEO. Uh, we all founded it, Trevor. No. Nah, anyway, but Trevor did get the ball rolling. So I, it is, yeah. It's fair to say, like, it would have been later had me and Jake done it. We would have gotten there, but who knows when. And, and shout out to Trevor even though he sucks. Yeah. It'd probably be around now because I graduate tomorrow. So it'd be now and it'd be like a little better. Um, a little better. And yeah. I just. <laughs> a little better. So, yeah. What we would all you have, have named our... it, Jake? What would you have named the podcast, Jake? Anyway. Not not anything good. Hannah Porter Lefever also said, how's it feel to have the cutest mom? The feels, best. Feels great. Like. Sean and Jake didn't care to join the episode that I was uh, so she sad, was on, but I was not there. My child was in the hospital. <laughs> right. That's better than mine. I yeah. had finals slash school. Well, I, anyway, it feels great. It feels great. 
Um, someone also said, why does Trevor seem to be the only one who knows what he's talking about? Um, Trevor s- wrote that himself. It's um, by this account, Trevolutionary, which is a sick name, by the way. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it's too bad they had to put a zero instead of an O. <clears throat> Unoriginal. Unoriginal. <laughs> Unoriginal. <laughs> anyway, that's our mailbag. We went we went a little further into our opener, but it's for you. It's our gift to you for Christmas. We we have nothing if not opinions. Speaking of scores, I will say if I had to choose a Christmas score for it's my life, freaking Charlie Brown. It's a Charlie Brown Christmas, unironically the best Christmas yep. score in history. It's 25 it's minutes so long so and it's the best. Um a Charlie Brown Christmas, Jake would you like me to read it, or do you want? Uh, Are you trying you to take my job? It? Well, I already have it pulled up. Is the thing? But... Yeah, but I can look it up in about five seconds. Anyway, a Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> we will be talking about first. <laughs> okay, a Charlie Brown Christmas, nineteen sixty-five, directed by Bill Melendez. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. When Charlie Brown complains about the overwhelming materialism that he sees amongst everyone during the Christmas season. Lucy suggests that he become director of the school Christmas pageant. Charlie Brown accepts, but is a frustrating struggle. When an attempt to restore the proper spirit with a forlorn little fir Christmas tree fails, he needs Linus's help to learn the meaning of Christmas. Yeah. That's the, like I how long I said that is about as long as the movie is. And honestly, it's it does more in 25 minutes yep. than a lot of movies do in two and a half hours true i think i think a charlie brown christmas is so very quick-witted as well like these kids are just going off with very clearly like they don't talk like actual children do or maybe they were just built different in 65 but the the dialogue in this movie is you know it's it's the bread and butter of of movies in general for me, so I just love it so much. I had the joy of playing Charlie Brown in a musical called You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And it is my favorite role that I've ever played. Just like it is. And I love I love the little depressed dude. Do you feel like Charlie Brown? When I was a child, kinda. And you think about it. I was this little, like, kind of quiet. I think I probably Your head seemed, shape. seemed a little <laughs> a little haunted. I don't know. I teach some kids, and one of the horrible things that goes through my brain sometimes is, like, I think that kid is haunted. Um, and <laughs> I, I think that maybe could have been applied to me. I don't think I was actually depressing like Charlie Brown. I was just quiet. But uh, in my head, as the main character, I definitely uh, relate to Charlie Brown in a certain way. And um, to quote one of my... You know, I already shout out to Sean Fennessy of The Big Picture, his review on Letterboxd. A fearless exploration of post-war ennui and depression in small-town America. I don't know what ennui means. Oh, let me define it for you because it's about to be one of the inside-out characters. Inside-out characters and inside-out too. Yeah, they're teaching kids ennui. Yeah, it's a feeling that combines like tiredness and boredom. It's like blah. I, I think of being on the Wii, like Nintendo Wii. Which You're is only the, sad because which is one the time I stabbed you with a Wiimote. Jake did stab me in the knee with a Wii remote. I'm not a man of anger, but when I play video games, uh, I have actual anger issues. Um, <laughs> They're very real. Anyways. Uh, so I love the little dude. I love Charlie Brown. Um, and he's just... Is seems... he your favorite character in the show? Um, That's a little boring, I think. <laughs> I feel like it's not He's though. my favorite though. Yeah. Um, He's your favorite, Sean. But like, I hate Lucy. She's she's horrible. Well, but she's also like the you worst. gotta understand. Kids are just ruthless. Like, yeah. And so I feel like Lucy is good at being that. Like, just I agree. Unapologetically, a, ruth- a boss, ruthless, ruthless little girl. Yeah, like I think Linus. Up. Linus has got to be my favorite though. I love Linus. His wisdom and the way he talks, the way he says depressed. Yeah. His <laughs> blanket. His Bible knowledge. His blanket. 
his performing skills that really, you know, he was in the spotlight and he, he, he delivered, he yeah. served. Um, so yeah, I think of the kids, it would be Linus. The correct answer is Snoopy. And my favorite is Schroeder because he's obsessed with Beethoven. Right. I think the correct answer is still Charlie though. I mean, I guess that is correct. Uh, correct. Your answer is Charlie. Certainly. Yeah. Speak your truth. <clears throat> Good grief. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, and it's not, you know, it's not every year. It's not every season. You know, it can be for different times and seasons. Obviously, this is specifically for Christmas, but he's just like, man, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just trying to, yeah, like get in the vibe and you just can't. And, and I think that's a very relatable thing. Um, yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I, I'm trying to like tread lightly. I don't want because I'm like not a little depressed boy. I never really have. So I can't always speak to it. But it's like, I, you yeah. know, I do like. You know, and so I understand sometimes actions aren't even under your control or whatever. So, but it's just like I do like his, his like, still like he pursuit. Wants he wants like to his be happy. yeah, like he's like doing, he's he's like trying to like fix it. Not that, again, I'm not trying, you know. But it's like, and I, and I, but something about him and and going through stuff and and trying to figure out his feelings that he's just like at, at a young age and stuff and and everyone else just kind of like telling him their version of it. But it's not that's not the right way either. But he's like he's seeking, and I and it's like I don't know. I think that's even yeah. for me, somebody who doesn't deal with it a lot. I, I understand, like I like them, I like that aspect of him. He's pretty cool in that way. Yeah, well, a Charlie Brown Christmas is one of those where, as a child, you can just watch and it's funny and it's great, and you know, there's a lot of like slapstick and just you know, enjoyable for a little kid. But then you watch it as an adult when you like, know what ennui means. When you realize ennui, <laughs> and you're on you're on your we. Um, and it's just, I feel like it does have a lot to say about Christmas and what a lot of people have turned it into. And even then, this is in 1965. That's the year mom was born. Right. So, like, it, it addresses, like, yeah, the commercialism of Christmas and how it has turned into a lot of gimme, gimme, spend yeah. money. And it's hard to avoid it. Right. And it's, I think this movie addresses that better than any movie maybe the grinch how you know it, it came without presents it came without tags so like that addresses you know but true meaning of christmas and listen jake no i have thoughts exactly on what we're going to discuss okay. a christmas film that discusses the birth of christ is very rare these days in general i think mm. even the olden white christmas all the all the old films very seldom is it ever addressed what the holiday is celebrating. Yeah, and if there was a Hanukkah film, you know the the, I feel like it would be interesting to know the origin of Hanukkah, why they celebrate it, any holiday that's based on a religious event. Yes, it's kind of strange that it's not at all addressed in most of the movies, right? Yes, and I think it does it in a way that's not shoving it in your face. And it's not like, I don't know. Well, it did it come just, a few slurs and then just kidding. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it, yeah. It's, <laughs> it talked about how gays are bad. Read some revelation. No, Linus, come on. Um, he was serving. Yeah. That's what I said. But I do love just that little, that little bit of, Hey, let's talk about, that's what Christmas is all about. Charlie Brown. And he just goes, you know, the little boy in Bethlehem. And I think it just, very unapologetically says like this is why we celebrate christmas yeah and i applaud that it even does that especially in yeah just a kid's cartoon well and i think we can all agree that like jesus was a good dude you know whether you <laughs> like it's like what we people, vibe with jesus what people have done in the name of christianity is, is sometimes good definitely sometimes bad as well right but what linus did that was good. Yeah. But, and so it's like, and, and the teachings of Jesus, again, these, these aren't controversial or exclusive exclusion. You know, it's like, I don't know. Just love like, one another love is like, one. not a vibe. <laughs> like everyone, like, really? it's like, you should really like everyone. What about them queers? Yeah. What about the queers? <laughs> <laughs> And so it's like, and so it's like, it's not even just like, a, it's like, it's not even trying to. Oh, it's like, not controversial. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I have a couple thoughts on this. Um, and the first is, it's just interesting how um, mainstream something like that was in the 1960s. So it is interesting mm. to watch it as this. It's not trying to be a religious movie, 
Um, but it is just like a, we all agree that this is the reason for the season. Right. Yeah. And now in 2023, it's like, we don't all agree that this is the reason for the season. However, um, because Christmas itself, you know, came from pagan tradition of, of Yule. But, um, but I think there's multiple ways that you can look at what they're saying the meaning of Christmas is, right? Because there's definitely the religious aspect and likely in this culture that Charlie Brown is a part of, uh, they're all Christian, right? Um, and so like small town America, 1960s. But there's also, I think, another level that can touch anybody. Uh, and that is after the speech and they're all kind of like put in the zone of like, oh, there's like, that's why we're doing mm. it. They all like come together and they like fix mm. the tree for Charlie Brown and they make him happy. Gathering. So they, helping. instead of antagonizing him, oh, you don't do anything. They're just like so brutal to him the whole movie. They're yeah, so mean. Like 22 of the 25. <laughs> yeah. They're so mean. Except for Linus. Linus is never mean. Um, and then they just come together and they like wish him a Merry Christmas. And, and my favorite part is that and just like the, the little tree storyline because I just think it's so cute. And like in high school, like my choir teacher had a little yep. Charlie Brown Christmas tree, that yep. small one on his piano. Shout out, Shout out to Scott Wood. Yep. Um, and that's just like so cute. And I love that Charlie Brown sees the value in that. He's like, no, that's the right tree for us. It's yeah. That tree is also one of the reasons this is so good is just the whole tree saga of just getting this crappy little tree and then turning it into what it is and just how much Charlie appreciates it. And then Linus says, you know, I never thought it was such a bad little tree. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love. Oh, come on. The metaphor. Come on. The metaphor. They're all like, oh, Charlie Brown, you're awful. I don't see. And then it's like, he just needs a little love. Yeah. And we all need a little love. Well, and I just, yeah, I think, and all of this meaningfulness aside, it's hilarious. It's so, funny. It's so quick. Like everything, like the whole psychiatrist thing and like nickels and just the stupid, like just the music. And, I want real estate or whatever. Yeah. the Yeah. Real it's estate. like, you know what I want for Christmas? Charlie Brown, real estate. And I was like, wow, I agree. She's right. Like, yeah, you're not wrong. Imagine being able to afford real estate. Am I right? Yeah, 2023 and just Snoopy doing his thing and how he wins the decorating contest. And I mean, I feel like Snoopy doesn't shine as much in this particular film as much as he does in like the Thanksgiving Charlie Brown. They had like, this is a little less Snoopy centric, yeah. but even still, he's he's incredible. Funny in the he does his animal impressions or whatever. That's so good. And honestly, the just the 30 second clip of them all dancing on the stage. It's is like so the good. most like like the biggest vibe on screen that you can get like yeah just so sick we've said it once i'm gonna say it again the score is just so it's so good so, and it's just oh tenenbaum from the beginning it. the whole the whole it's thing it's the, like the soft pedals on the the piano yeah just goes to town for 25 minutes that yeah. is the very first christmas vinyl that me and sarah got for a record player and that is right because it's just it's the best. Shout out to Vince Goraldi. Trio. Um, yeah, he he is the composer, um, and his trio <laughs> performs it. He's on piano, I believe, and uh, just wrote some of the he's best. He's Schroeder, if you will. Ever. Yeah, I guarantee that he was like a consult. But he he's like, they have. I love that they hired this very like real jazz master to like write a children's show. Like, it, it's extraordinary and the arrangements are amazing. And then the originals like Linus and Lucy are just amazing. We all know Linus and Lucy. Real, real child actors were used for the voices, which they very much tried to stop like multiple times. But the director was was like, no, like I want children's voices. Like even um, Sally Brown, Charlie's little sister didn't know how to read. So they just told her what to say. And then she said it. That's awesome. Like that's like, like Allie being a voice actor for Sally Brown, which by the way, I thought Sally kind of seemed like Allie in a lot of ways. Like when she mm. writes to Santa, she's like, how are your reindeer? And just like asking all of these like cute little innocent, cute, innocent, like nice questions before just getting to the gifts, which I thought was very Allie centric, Allie core, if you will. Anyway, Charlie Brown Christmas, 
so good. Classic. 25 minutes of your time, first of all. Hot take. It's good. Crazy take. I know. Crazy take. I gave it a five. I feel like, Sean, you didn't even rate it because it's probably like a short and you don't classify it, which is fine. I don't mostly do shorts, but I, you know, um, I give it a five stars. I think it's one of the best Christmas things out there to watch um, for adults and kids alike. Agreed. If you're not in the Christmas mood, this might have a few ideas for you. But boy, oh boy, do we have a film to talk about as well, in addition to Sweet Charlie. Wait, sorry. I know that was a really, really good transition. But I just barely got like a notification on my phone that the guy who played Snoopy just wished me a happy birthday. Just barely. That was what so do you cute. even mean? The guy that played Snoopy in my musical. Ah, okay. no, not the guy. Oh, that'd be like, cool. What? No, the guy. No one even played Snoopy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, that was just like really fun, cute timing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's a wonderful what life, a life. y'all. It's a wonderful life. 1946, directed by Frank Capra. It's a wonderful laugh. It's a wonderful love. I don't know where these taglines come from, but yeah, sometimes they miss, that, that missed for me. A holiday favorite for generations. George Bailey has spent his entire life giving to the people of Bedford Falls. All that prevents rich skinflint Mr. Potter from taking over the entire town is George's modest building and loan company. But on Christmas Eve, the business's $8,000 is lost and George's troubles begin. Um... 100% of the times that I've seen this film, I have produced tears from my eyes. And there's no yes. other film that I can say that with besides that. Same here. And it always, for me, just comes out of freaking left field, too. Because it's like... You think you'll make it? You think... Yeah, you, you're watching the whole thing where you you're know not what's crying. Coming. Because it's not... It's not... There's no cry-inducing points up until that point. No. And then all of a sudden, it's... It's just it just kicks you in the teeth every time. And again, every I single know, time. I know. The first time I was like, "How is this existing? Like, this is crazy that I can just like have this thing that's like an insta cry." But it's like not, the fact that it keeps going. The last night I'm bawling. I'm just yep. like, What is happening? Yep. I think I've already told this story on the pod, so I won't. I'll just give yeah, like a really about quick our cries. Version. But like, I was in eighth grade. And my teacher was done for the season. And so he just put on It's a Wonderful Life in English class. And we started watching it. And all the kids were like, this is a black and white movie. It's going to be really boring. And I was like that too. And then I was watching it. And I was like, wait. And so I was like, the, it was like the third class in that we're watching it. And we finish it. And I just like was trying not to like cry in eighth grade. Anyway, very, very excellent movie. Um, And I just think... This is one of those movies that like to me transcends like entertainment and mm -hmm. like and like what we're even doing. Yeah, I feel the same way actually. Like this is this is not even like like this is like a precious thing that like makes you feel It's like a useful tool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this makes For you reflection. feel real feelings and the value of what is most important in life it's like sacred text in that way and it's seriously so impactful and just so heartfelt and just it's yeah it's beyond entertainment at that point it's like this is here as a special gift to you to feel like you matter and that and that like money and like things we worry about are nothing compared to the relationships we have and just yeah i feel like the first time i watched this was on like a christmas eve i was probably like i was pretty old i was probably 13 or 14 years old so that's not like pretty old but like i don't know compared i was 30 to, really first time you watched it um and i think yeah, at first, once again, it's it's a long movie, right? Yes. And it takes a while to get there, but I don't even criticize it in that way either, though, because I feel like... We get to really see his life. Yeah. Like, you, you step into the role of Clarence the Angel, where you've got to see everything up until that point to truly yeah. understand 
how good of a man he is and how many lives he touched in that just that small town, you know. And I think you had to show the lives. Like if if it was just a kind of nebulous general, oh yeah, he was really nice in his community. It's like, yeah, that would maybe have an an, an impact, but when you're seeing the the you know the first third of the first act of the movie of all the people he's doing it's just showing the the grit and grime of like of him just like being there for people the second act where it's him seeing what would happen if he didn't and then the, I guess that's not even acts it's just like the portions I guess but like mm-hmm. the, the final where they're coming to save the day for him like to come back and return like you need those individuals like the individuals yep. is what makes that so like. You're like, and it makes it so much more heartbreaking when you see that they don't know who he is. Yeah, yeah, that second part. And and yeah, I feel like from the beginning of time, Mm. um, (laughs) uh, from the beginning of time. (laughs) Well, I mentioned it being like a sacred text, and you look at any (laughs) sacred text or any anything scripture. Look at anything. We learn from storytelling, and this is. I think just such a pure example of we learn from storytelling Mm. and that is art in its best form to me. And, Mm. um, and you know, we talked, we talked to Jesus on this pod. He taught through story because it's the most powerful way that we can get through to people. Um, Everybody teaches through story and that's just the opportunity that filmmakers have. Um, to make us feel like this, to have us consider our own lives while watching someone else's. And um, it's just incredibly powerful to put yourself in that position. And, you know, however small you think you are, or the things that you have accomplished, um, or how productive you've been in your life, um, there are so many ways that you have impacted that you could never even know. But I'm sure there's plenty that you can think of, uh, even if you can't even if they're not these giant things they add up yeah i genuinely feel like if any of us were to experience what george bailey did and just see the world without you it'd be like wow doesn't it kind of make you want to it makes me want to but then you know anyway it'd be horribly uh depressing depressing but also Maybe humbling in a hard way too. Or you're like, oh, okay, so it's actually way better. Cool. Okay, They're thriving. So at, okay, wow. I know George Bailey. Oh, so you invented the flying car? Cool. Okay, so that was oh, because sweet. of so me. I held that back. <laughs> um, it's like, isn't there, isn't there like a like, oh, like in the Muppet Christmas Carol? There's like the Twin Towers or something. There's there's something about how like Kermit. <laughs> makes it so the twin towers would wouldn't have happened the butterfly effect yeah yeah you'd have to look it up on the internet yeah you'd there's some theory i love right. the internet that like yeah if kermit the frog hadn't been born then 9-11 wouldn't have happened yeah there's like <laughs> oh no well there's yeah it's crazy you know anyway that's really funny oh though the butterfly effect, um y'all. james stewart jimmy james jimmy stewart see First of all, see, Mr. Potter, you're nothing but a spider. You spin your little webs in this town, and I'm not going to join it, Potter. I, I'm I'm botching the quote. Merry Christmas, you old building you see it, Bert? My mouth bleeding. My mouth bleeding, Bert. Hot dog. <laughs> Just the way he talks throughout this entire film. Zuzu's pedals? Oh, what do you know? Zuzu's pedals. Hee-haw. Um, the way everyone talks in this movie... Is just so funny, James Stewart, more than anyone. And yeah, you know, sometimes it just it makes you feel a certain way, and I don't know how to describe it. But like, anyway, the moon. Do you want the moon, Mary? I could, I could lasso it and, and bring it down, and you could swallow it, and and the moonlight would shine out of your hair and your fingertips, and and just the just the <laughs> the way he talks is. So you think he's, honest, you would think that he's like so ridiculous that you just it's like you're taking take, you out. But no, no, like he's so genuine me in. and so good. And he, his facial expressions, especially in that, you know, horror scenes of him finding out all the terrible things because he didn't existed. And then his face of joy and relief at the end yeah. and like just the shock in his eyes when everyone's walking into his house and contributing and just like looking into his family 
And it's just like his acting is so good in that, dude. Like he is experiencing that. It's crazy to me. Like his facial expressions and his eyes, like he did so well in the role of George Bailey. Like so good. Oh, yeah. This is one of those, like I'm getting teary eyed just like thinking about it. Because not only do we spend our time as audience members considering what the world would be like without us, which can be a really dark place for a lot of people. And this movie turns that into a light place. Um, it also just, I think, has us appreciate the important things in life as well. Like, not only like, oh, wow, all the good things that I've done or all the good things that c- came out because of me, but just like rem- remembering what's important important, and like uh, appreciating the moments that we get to share with people that we love. And it's just like... And it just shows that there are like the the amount of people that do love you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You are loved. It's like maybe maybe it's not like you made this whole like their whole life would be terrible without you. It's not right. even that. It's just like, but they do love you, and, and they you get are to experience there. them. Yeah, exactly. And you get to see yeah. something beautiful in them, and and right in every day. Oh well, and I feel like at the end, it's not even about the money. Like no. obviously that's a gr- that's a great help and like it just keeps the catalyst. The, it's kind of a um, metaphor, like a symbolic thing of how much money is being stacked on there. Yeah, is like it's not really about the money. It's just how People rich showing how up. rich he is with relationships. And I think his face when everyone keeps walking in, I don't think it's about them bringing in money. Like his face is like I'm just so happy you're alive and doing well and like that yeah. you're in my life and it's just oh and and then there's already a huge pile of money and then he gets like another twenty five thousand from his brother and and it's just like oh my gosh i was gonna say how much are you guys if you if you donated a thousand or something and you felt like that was a lot for you how much are you taking back in the moment that you find out that the guy's donating just the 25 <laughs> yeah <laughs> right? yeah you're like i'm like you're oh like that's scripting really great and you're like, oh you got 25 how much be... do you owe eight a little bit uh cool less for me so like my son's not going to college if i don't like take that money back in it <laughs> i love uh <laughs> a toast to my big brother george the richest man in town yeah and he's not talking about money oh no it's so good no 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 so good oh my god so rich i think this is one of the greatest movies of all time you can tell um, the put best it, movies we talk about we talk about because we don't talk about the movies we talk about the concepts. Yeah, and I think those are the best movies we talk about. Yeah, it's a wonderful life is is so special. You should certainly watch it. I usually watch it in black and white because you know, call me uh, purist, but you're a purist. I like it to be in. I watched the it color this form. time, and 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 I and I felt like yeah, maybe black and white's probably still the way to go, but I was fine with it. But. Um. Yeah, I mean, really, there's not much else I have to say other than it's a just it's one of the all time most important. Like if I had to choose five movies that like existed and the rest were all off the face of the earth, I think this would be on there, even though it's not in my top five favorite movies. Like for me personally, you know, it's not on my four on Letterboxd, but just the value that this movie has and just what a person can feel and learn from it. It might be in a vessel I sent to space yeah. to show aliens what certain humanity what, can do. Yeah, be. it's proof that humans, though flawed, create good things and believe in again. something higher. I also really quick shout out to Henry Travers as Clarence because uh, I thought he was really endearing and wonderful, and we haven't mentioned him. Yeah, this is one of the most important movies, if not, if not like my favorite, uh, one of the most important and uh, one of the movies that makes me the most emotional and uh grateful in my own life and and makes me consider everything i've got it's so so beautiful it's a great one to have to watch every single year to have to kind of reflect on the year and kind of i don't know it's a, it's good timing too i've watched it at thanksgiving as well i think that's an underrated time to watch it mm. um anyway great great film Next week, we're keeping the season, the reason for the season alive, and we're going with Christmas Vacation and Home Alone. But what's more important is Papa Haywood, Papa Smurf. Big Ed. Get Big to Ed. know him. Fast Eddie. He's going to be on the pod if he can get over his strep throat. Oh, brutal. 
But yeah, it's going to be a banger of an episode. Everybody show up. He's uh, you know, a lot of our personality comes through in this man. So <laughs> it's true. We are who we are. It's a wonderful life, y'all. It's a wonderful life. Merry Christmas, y'all. It's a Charlie wonderful Brown Christmas. Building and loans. And that's Haywood's take on the building and loan. Good grief. <laughs>